Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Uh, Rich Cresswell here, former Preston North End uh, striker. Uh, I was at Preston on loan start within 2000. Uh, David Moyes brought me from, from Leicester and I, I had a few good seasons left in 2005. So it'd be nice to, to reflect and look back on them with Jake over the next uh, bit of time and some insight into, into how it was during that time because it's a time for me that I really enjoyed and not only uh, enjoyed the football, but enjoyed creating new friends. Uh, that, are, that are still friends to this day, so it'll be nice to, to tell you a little, about, little bit about that. Thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. No problem. You came through at York. How did all that come about? Were you scouted as a young boy, or? Well, I was. I was one of these kids that got rejected from uh, a number of clubs um, over the years. I had trials, and I was at Ipswich. I got told I was too small. Uh, an old cliche, but now I'm six foot, nearly six foot two. <laughs> at thirteen, I, I got told I was too small. Um, I got rejected from Aston Villa, I got rejected from Hull City. So I, I had a few trials and was in a few clubs, but I got knocked back every time and, and eventually uh, I got my chance uh, at York City. Uh, and when I, I had a, a really good youth, uh, youth team and I had a good youth career and, and managed to break into the first team at York when I was 17. But it will all, it was all, it will all rise to the top, you know, yeah. I had ups and downs, I didn't, I didn't in the middle of the period at York, I, I, it weren't going well and I was out of the team. I got fenned out to a League Two club at the time. York in, in League One went to Mansfield and, and scored a goal, a couple of goals there. And then my career took off when I was about 20 years old, 19, 20, yeah, 19 years old. So, yeah, it were, it were all um, brilliant. This is where it's going to go. It, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride yeah. before I went on to score 20 goals in the league before I got my move to... To Chef Wednesday, yeah. So, are you a York, a York lad as well? Or? I'm from Brid, Bridlington, originally on the East Coast. York were in League One at the time, doing really well. Uh, a nice little club, uh, and I managed to break in uh, back then with some good players. Yeah. Uh, it, gave, it gave me the ground and what I needed to, to realise that I had an opportunity to make a career in this game. And, and fortunately for me, I, I worked hard and and managed to, to score a few goals at York before getting a, a big money move to Chef Wednesday in the Premier League. I, I was told that North End came, for, came in for you when you were at York, is that true? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I remember playing at Deepdale for York City. Yeah. I think it was the opening day of the season. Uh, David Moyes was manager at, at, at Preston, and uh, that was the season I scored 20 goals for York. Yeah. Uh, and I had, a, I, had, I had a really good game actually at Deepdale. I think I gave Jacko uh, the run around and, and big Colin Murdoch. Yeah. I keep telling him when I went. 
Um, and I think that obviously David remembered me, tried to sign me at the end of that year, but I think it was just out of the reach for him at the time. Where money wise, I went just short of a million pounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he tracked me, you know, he, he kept, um, kept his eye on you. Yeah, me, and I went, it didn't really work out at Chef Wednesday, and then I went to Leicester, still finding my feet, and then. And I worked with him obviously on uh, on loan to start with, and and yeah, the rest is history. So how how did the move to Chef Wednesday come around from York? Was it just purely on the back of that twenty goal season? Yeah, I just had a I had a really good season. I think it was five or six clubs that made made a bid for me at the end of that that season. I got in the England under twenty one squad while I was still at York, which was yeah. really heard of a League One player. Must, must have England. been a proud moment for obviously you and the family and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And it, like I said, it was, it was a bit of a shock because you had all Premier League stars in the, in the, in the under-21s at the time and, and there's me from York City uh, starting the games, which was great. You know, I was playing week in, week out in men's football, so it gave me um, it gave me the opportunity to prove, you know, at the highest level that I could do it. And yeah, yeah I had a few appearances, scored, scored as well against Sweden. Uh, and then I, I signed for, for Chef Wednesday, who uh, was in the Premier League. Um, yeah, and it, it was a great, it was a great move for me and my family. And yeah. um, just a young lad, and going from League One to the Premier League, it was it was tough. Some international players, and I was the most used substitute um, over that course of the time. But I never really broke into the team, uh, yeah. which was disappointing. You got on with everyone at the club and settled at the club. Yeah, it was yeah. just the football inside that obviously yeah, being yeah, a, young a young lad. Young lad, and we had like Benito Carboni and. And players like that in front yeah. of you, so Tough. yeah, you found it really difficult to get in. Yeah, um, but I learned a hell of a lot. I learned a lot during that time, and it did help me develop my game. So, how did the move to Leicester come around from that? Then was it just were you um, looking well, to get out? Or yeah, well, at the time, um, I knew there was still interest in the Premier League, even though I weren't really playing. Yeah. Um, my England under twenty one manager Peter Taylor had gone to Leicester. And I had the opportunity to to go there from Chef Wednesday, so yeah, I, I went there and and then I was twenty, I think I was 20, 21, 20, 21 at the time. So I thought, right, this is the time. You've got like Robbie Savage, Neil Lennon, Matty Elliott, these types of players. You had Roberto Mancini coming out oh, on loan. Yeah. yeah, big big players, and and no excuse for me. I was in and around the squad. I, we started unbelievably well. It was top of the league at end of September, and I was in and out of the team, playing out wide, playing up front, playing as number ten. And do you know what? I was in and out, in and out of the squad, and I was enjoying it. Uh, but I come to a point where I wanted to be, do you know, I wanted to be the main man. I was yeah. the main man at York, and I wanted to go somewhere where I could just, you know, um, have some roots and like really believe that I was. I was a massive part of a club. Yeah. yeah. I knew I was one of the young boys. They had big money signings. I think I was bought to play in a number of positions. How did you find that? Obviously, uh, coming, coming through as a striker and then you're being put out wide, you're being put in the in the hole behind the striker. I, I, yeah, to be fair, it happened virtually all my career apart from at Preston. Um, so I played Chef Wednesday out, out on the right, on the left. So I, I got known as a, a bit of a utility player. Yeah. Uh, other clubs, apart from at North End, where I went in there and David Moyes um, called me and said, "Listen, I want you to come in. I want you to come in as number nine. You're going to have to work hard to get in the team because you obviously had John Macken who was flying at the time, and, yeah. and David Bray. You had uh, 
Bash as well. Bashan. Uh, yeah, so there was a few good strikers, but the thing with me is that I needed to get off to a good start when I went there for my confidence. And yeah. obviously, I, I came off the bench on my debut. Couldn't couldn't really ask for better, could you? No, uh, it was it was, ama- it was amazing. I went. I remember the day before. I, I went the day before and trained with the lads, and it was probably the, still a, probably the best training session I've ever had in, in my entire life. And it gave me the, so much con- confidence. I was scoring left, right, and centre. I remember it like it was yesterday. And you could see the lads going, "Oh God, he's not bad." And the, when you're straight away, then you you know you, you have this self confidence. And I remember yeah. coming off the bench thinking, "I need to score today. I want to score my family with that." Uh, I remember um, Kenner dropping his shoulder and, and smashing one in the top corner because it was against Wolves at home. Yeah. And I came on and I got picked the ball up at the edge of the box, dropped my shoulder and managed to bend one in the bottom corner. Um, yeah, it was a decent finish as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I was delighted with So straight away I was part of the squad, you know. You get the players and the staff that knew I had something to give to the club and and I enjoyed my, my, my time in uh, from there. I uh, wanted to play a little bit more, but obviously it was on, it was on a great run anyway. Mm. Um, the playoff final, and I was a bit part player. Played played here and there. Played out wide again. Yeah, uh, yeah played out wide in a few games, uh, but not as much. But that was the start of a um, a great journey from not just me, from a from a wife and and uh, my family. Yeah. So how how did that? move come around then obviously you said Moisey sort of tracked you from when you were at York was it something that did you have other options before before you knew about yeah, North End or yeah yeah I had, a, I had a couple of other options uh, down south but but being a northerner even though it was the wrong side of the Pennines I thought you know what let's let's uh, get back, back back up north and I don't regret any of it you know it's yeah. four unbelievable years there uh, with, with great friends, great family, but yeah, Moisey Moisey tracked me all that time since the game when I was playing for York a year earlier, uh, and he mentioned that when I when I met him in Manchester, he told me all the reasons why he wanted me to. So that, that must have been a big confidence boost for you then, obviously, oh, knowing yeah. that the manager knows pretty much everything he needs to know about you as a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really really knew that I was going to add something to the squad. He weren't just bringing me in. Like, I felt a little bit at Chef Wednesday at Leicester. He weren't just bringing me in to be a, be a squad player. He wanted to utilise me. Yeah. And then, yeah, it took, it took time for me to, to, to get into the team. But once I did, there was, there was no looking back, really. So did the loan come with the permanent move in mind or was it just a loan initially and then we'll see how things go and then take it from there? Yeah, yeah, I think... I, I think I wanted to see how I did. Yeah. yeah, I think I wanted to see how I did. Obviously, it got talked about, but there was nothing in writing, and there was nothing agreed that I had to go there and perform. Yeah, uh, and that really drew, like it drove me on to to do well. Obviously, disappointed that we lost the the playoff game against Bolton, but the journey up into it and playing a part in it was uh, the big thing for me. The lads at the time just made me so welcome. Yeah. It was like walking into a changing room, and I think scoring on your on your home debut does help. Uh, the lads did take it to me straight away, and and I've still got some great friends from that era uh, today. So when when the permanent move came around, then was that it? Just signed for North End, not not really asked about anything else, or no? That, yeah, that, that was it. I, 
I said to my wife, we, we was we was living over there in some rented accommodation. And she was enjoying uh, life over there. They had the opportunity to go down to Bristol City and another couple of clubs. Danny Wilson tried to sign me because he was my manager at Chef Wednesday. And I went down there to visit him. Um, but it just didn't seem right. You yeah. know, I, I settled in at Preston and I wanted to be uh, part of the club. I love the stadium. I still do to, to this day. And yeah, my mind was made up and I signed a four and a half year contract. When I left uh, Leicester. So, in in the run up, you mentioned the the playoff final against Bolton. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the feeling like before the game? Obviously, you, well, I mean, let's let's go back a little bit before the Bolton game. There was obviously the the playoffs as well. <laughs> how how was how was like the feeling amongst like the lads around that time? Like we, everyone was just flying, really confident. Yeah, it was just a, it was a really small squad, so it was really tight. You yeah, know, and everybody. Everybody knew each other inside out, uh, and I managed to somehow get into that to that group of players. And the focus was—you could see that that you know they got promotion uh, the year before, and yeah. you knew they was on a, some sort of <laughs> journey together. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be part of it, and and watching them work, and how they worked, and the intensity, and the way they drew, they, they drove each other on in training, the standards, what everybody set. For such a small squad as well, uh, was great to be part of, and and I knew it was going to come close. And the Birmingham game, the Birmingham game uh, was was fantastic. I remember going down there and playing down there, played out wide that day again, I think. And the atmosphere was unbelievable at St Andrews. It was yeah. it was bouncing. It was great atmosphere down there. Uh, and they was, I'd say, they was favourites at the time to, to go through. And Trevor Francis, obviously. He was having his say in all the press and everything like that, and, and going down there and getting the result, and then coming back home and the, the drama of everything and and the penalties and how it went—it was just brilliant to be part of. And, and I'll never forget that night when we went through. We had a great night partying afterwards. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great night uh, in town, celebrating with the supporters, and and one that'll always live with me. Even though I, at the second leg, I, I, I came on for the. For extra time, I think, and I played a small part, uh, but it was great to to be a part of. And the atmosphere at Deepdale at night was literally bouncing, yeah. bouncing. And I, ne- I never actually went. I think my dad was working a night shift, and he might, he finished in time to get to the pub to watch the second half. Yeah, um, and I would have been eight or nine, something like that. So I never actually went, but I've obviously seen replays of it after. And you yeah, know, it was great. Night. You get you get the feeling of the atmosphere even through through watching replays of just how how buzzing and bouncing it all was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was fantastic uh, from start to finish, um, and it was it was the start of a, a, a long journey for me, and and one that um, will live me forever. The friends that we've got, and still now we've got friends. We were not involved in football at all, still over in Preston from my time there. And yeah. friends who was involved in football. It was just a brilliant time for me. Uh, if people ask me which uh, which club did you feel most at home at during your playing career, it's always it's always North End because of not just the football but the people yeah. that I befriended when I was over there. So how obviously Moisey had a lot of faith in you for bringing you in. How did you feel then, obviously, when, when he left? Were you, personally, were you a bit gutted? 
or were you pleased at the same time? Obviously, because it's it's a move up. I was I was really disappointed at the time because we was on a we was on a really good run as well before he left, and I was scoring goals. I was scoring a lot of goals that season. I think I scored sixteen goals in twenty nine starts. I got Player of the Year that year, and and I thought he might have been able to get us over the line. You know, if it if it had stayed, yeah. Uh, I still believe that now because we were we were only just outside the playoffs, weren't we? Yeah, I still think we'd have we'd have we'd have got in the playoffs and done something. Um, still to this day, and that's nothing against Kellen O'Hanlon who who took over. Yeah, he's a great guy, but I just think with with his leadership skills and and what we had in the squad, I, I still think we'd have we'd have got over the line. But you know, he went there and he spent twelve years at Everton, so. Uh, obviously, obviously worked it worked out, didn't it? Yeah, it worked out well for him. Yeah. What was it like with Craig coming in then? Craig is a great guy. You know, it might not have gone how he wanted it at, at North End, but I have not got one bad word to say about him. He was honest, open, and you know what? More than anything, for me, um, he stuck with me. Yeah, he stuck with me because I went through a season um, after I scored. 16 goals, I think, 16 goals. And I went through a season where um, I struggled. Yeah, I struggled. I played, played, we played three up front. I played out on the left a lot. And we had Ricardo down the middle. Dave played on the right. Sometimes uh, we played two. Um, I played a lot of games, but I only scored three goals that season. And yeah. a, a lot of managers, you know, a lot of managers got crazy player of the year, top goal scorer, two years on the bounce. Uh, it's just not happening for you. But he stuck with me and he said, don't worry about the goals. You're doing a different role for me. We're playing different formations. Just keep at it. It'll come. And I will own that forever because the following season, I think I scored on the first game of the season. I went on to score 21 goals that season. Yeah. Uh, just him having the faith. Yeah, it didn't work out for him. We didn't get the results we want. We worked at the right end of the table. But um, knowing that someone was there who believed in you, whether he was scoring or not, was was fantastic for me and I'll always go back to him. Yeah, I had him on the podcast and I spoke to Greza just before I recorded with Craig and I think the 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 thing that came through for me about Craig was that Greza still referred to him as the gaffer. He said, Taylor to the gaffer for me, give him my best wishes. And again, when I'd spoken to Greza for the podcast, you know, he, he like you, he didn't have a bad word to say about him. But Craig said, he said, I think the one thing that, I don't know if he said he would go back and change, but maybe he said, like, with hindsight, he said, I think I tried to change things around too soon compared mm-hmm. to how things were with Moisey. Because yeah. he, went, he went three at the back quite early on, didn't changed, he? Changed, yeah, it changed everything. It did change everything straight away. It took us a long time to get used to. So we went from, like... A lopsided four four one one with Moisey four four two, yeah, um, to a back three sometimes deep back five sometimes a three four three, sometimes a three four two one. Yeah, you know, it, it it was it was it was difficult to get used to as a player, and that's no excuses because professionals should be able to change and adapt. That work against the manager, but because it had been the same for so long, that's why it took. A while to, to, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he said when he left, um, he, he spoke to Billy and he said, "If I can give you one bit of advice, it'd be to go back to four four two. And obviously, 
I think. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. come on to Billy. Well, I know, I know Matt, Matt Hill, yeah, yeah. and spoken to him a few times about playing under Billy. He said Billy was one of the most intense managers he has ever played under. Yes, yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Because if you think about intensity and say intensity, then generally, and you think about my game, what was it based around, really? My game was based around fitness, persistence, hard work, determination. Yeah. I mean, I'd have nothing. I'd have nothing. I, yeah, I had, my, I had my own skills and, you know, and an unbelievable song at North End, which we, we can't mention on here. But his, his ethos and his culture just sat perfectly with my game. And when he, when he eventually took over and he was caretaker, we, I had this belief that he could he could turn things around and we connected straight away. And yeah. do you know what? He believed in me so much that I could get back to scoring because he'd, he'd known I'd scored a lot of goals previous two years. And once, yeah, me and Nuge started that uh, partnership, there was, there was no looking back. No looking back. Would you say... Obviously, like you mentioned, Ricardo Fuller before. Just mentioned Nuge. Who who would who would have you say would was the best you or the most enjoyable player that you've played with at North End alongside you up front? Alongside me up front, they're all so 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 different, so so different. Ricardo, I played with obviously at Preston and at Stoke. Yeah, promoted. Yeah. So I was a winger at Stoke again. Um, <laughs> Ricardo individually. Oh my God, I don't think I'd, I'd played with anybody better. Some of the things that he, he could do was just incredible. And when he came to, to Preston, he was young, but he was very much individual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Healy, out and out finisher. You know, give him a chance in the round the box, big side foot, finish anywhere, great finisher. But for me, Nude was, Nude was very similar. To, to what I was in, in terms of work ethic, yeah. determination. And I think that's why we did so well together because we didn't give a back four a minute's rest. And I mean a back four, not just the two centre-halves. We worked uh, for 90 minutes. And I remember coming off pitches and other managers coming up and speaking to us and telling us that they couldn't cope with our energy, our, our movement, our dynamism. It, it, it was just like... It clicked that year, yeah, uh, and we got forty plus goals between us that year. What was it like uh, when he came in then? Because obviously he was he was a young lad, wasn't he? Was it evident yeah, from the get go? Yeah, unknown. Yeah, he was unknown, but straight away in training, he was like, "Oh God, this kid's got something." He's only nineteen at the time. We paid one hundred and fifty grand for him, uh, and there was players coming in and going. We always had players coming in, trying to get in the team, and then not. You know, and you know when I saw something, I just saw that I saw that spark in his eye, and I know it's. You hear it, but you just knew that he, he weren't there just to, to make up the numbers. He was yeah. there to prove something to, to not just everybody around him, but just to himself as well. Yeah. You know, he came from a sing, similar background to what I did, starting off in the lower leagues. You know, he started off at Bury, I started off at York. And I think in some cases this can help, you know, because you want to really keep progressing up the ladder mm. instead, of, instead of going the other way. And I, I loved his movement. I loved his temperament. Uh, his attitude so yeah we just we just hit it off and it's a shame we didn't play longer together really apart from that one big season we had together yeah so obviously Billy Davis is in did you feel then when when that 
was all done and dusted and and he was confirmed as a manager that right this is an opportunity to to maybe go on and do what we didn't manage to do under Moise. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Once he once he um once he got his uh, uh feet on the table and he knew exactly what, what he wanted and brought the staff in, Ned Kelly and, and Jules and, and Pete, uh goalkeeping coach, um then you knew they had a team that was going to support you through thick and thin. And you know what? It was all about our changing room then. It wasn't about anybody else or externally. It was all about what we can do and how we can affect the game and what intensity we can bring with it. If you think about it, there was, there was me and Nuge up front. We had Eddie Lewis, Brian O'Neill, Paul McKenna. Who played on the right then? Sergi. Sergi played on the right, yeah. Greza, Yule, Big Claude. And then, and then Nashi, wasn't it? Yeah. So that, that virtually, and then you obviously had Dixon uh, and Tyrone yeah. that, that backed up. But that's virtually the only players we really used, like it really named itself. And yeah. we didn't have many injuries. Um, we all stayed fit. Uh, we was all really fit bunch of players anyway. And if we did get an injury, then we had Dixon come in and I apologise if I miss anybody out. But... Yeah, it was just a really tight squad, but one that we knew each other's game inside out. Mm. Really. Yeah, when I had Chris Cedric on, I think he was our second guest, maybe our third guest. And he said the move to North End, again, going back to the intensity and stuff, I think he said something along the lines of just surprised that there wasn't more injuries with with the level of intensity and training from from Billy. Definitely. I'm I'm looking back on it now as well. I'm, I'm really surprised on that. But for some reason, we all stayed fit. We all wanted to play. We all didn't want to lose our our shirt. Yeah. We all played with pride that you are walking out of Deepdale every week and and putting on a performance and and that showed. Yeah. You know the the games we went unbeaten at Deepdale and and, and the performance that we put in that season was was right up there with some of the best in my career at, at, at championship level. Definitely. Yeah. We had an unbelievable record at home. I think under the lights on a on a, on a midweek night game. I think we were unbeaten for like a, yeah. a season and a half or something like that. It was ridiculous. I loved it under the lights. I did. I loved it. I loved the pitch, just the way it zipped on a night. The atmosphere. Yeah, it's great. Which, which side did you prefer shooting to? The tar uh, or the cop? I was it? Fussy. I scored at both ends a lot. I don't know. Probably the cop. Scoring from the cop, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't mind. I, I just love scoring. So the, obviously, the three managers—David uh, Moyes, Craig Brown, Billy Davis—who who was the best for you? Who was the best? Good question. Good question. Um, Moisey, I, I got a chance to work with him for a short period of time. Uh, he did have a big influence on my game. Uh, I wish it was longer so I could get to know him a little bit more. Craig, it didn't really work out for him, uh, but he was a great guy. Uh, Billy got the best out of me. Uh, in terms of, of that season, without a doubt. And I was disappointed that I didn't get a chance to work for him again during during my career. Yeah. Did uh, you have an opportunity to? Yeah, I had, I had a couple of sniffs when he was at um, Derby and, and Forest, but it was never the right time where yeah. I was. But but yeah, he was he, he got some stick at the end of his career of about his character and stuff like that, but that's from people who don't know him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Craig has given me his number, and he's a very hard man to get hold of. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He's very, very hard, hard, man. He's a, he's a great guy, and I just wish I could see him back in the game, to be honest. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he'll be, what, 60s now? Yeah. Which is, yeah. again, like we were speaking about Grezza before, He's you'd say he's probably still got a good 10 years in him at, at manage, yeah. managerial level there. Definitely, definitely. Just going back to what you mentioned about about it was all about your dressing room. I don't know if it was Matt Hill or Chris Sedgwick that said that there was a couple of incident incidents at, at away games or maybe at home games where there was like some some scraps in the tunnel and whatnot. And in fact, I think it was Greza told me that was it West, West Ham away? Yeah, West Ham one was was an absolute riot. Yeah, I think was it Sedgwick uh, and Marlon Harewood? Yeah, they, they was having a pop all game at each other and, and it got carried uh, into the tunnel. Before you know it, Sedgwick disappeared in changing room and the whole tunnel kicked off. So he, he went through the back door and there's like me, big Chris Lachetti, Claude Davis, I think Ricardo was there at the time and it was absolutely bedlam. I loved it. It was brilliant. It doesn't happen these days. But nothing got done afterwards. Everybody just like got on with a job and yeah. that's how it used to be. But yeah, it was uh, it was a, one of the highlights for me. Was that uh, was that rock in the in the in the tunnel? It was brilliant. <laughs> um, I just I think it was Greza said. Um, he said he, he just remembered seeing said you just moonwalking away. Yeah, he did. He went through <laughs> the back door and disappeared. Yeah, um, so, from your time at North End, then what what was you what was your best moment? One sign, signing the um, signing the contract, the four and a half year contract was was good because I knew I wanted to be there for a long time. Uh, like you said, you wanted to put some roots down, didn't you? So yeah, I think yeah. a four and a half year contract allows you to yeah. do that, doesn't it? Yeah, and that was brilliant. Uh, scoring on my debut, without a doubt, you know, massive moment for me, confidence wise. Not really worked out at two previous clubs, but just getting that confidence to um, go on and, and do what I did. And, and thirdly, winning the, uh, the, the Fans Player of the Year, it was, it was a great, great accolade for me to, to go in there and, and win that. So them three things, there's no, no one match that really sticks out uh, because I still live with disappointment about a big, big game. I've not spoke about well, for me. We'll, yeah. we'll come on to it then. Yeah, that was, that was really... Really difficult to take, you know, and it was one of the biggest games of, of my of my career and the team's career and the squad's career. And we'd, we'd absolutely demolished West Ham home and away. Yeah. Uh, beat them at home, beat them away, and we was brilliant. And we was going into that game uh, still as underdogs, which was fine. But knowing that we had, we only had one injury, I think, and it was Greza, he pulled his hamstring, so he yeah. missed it. He was on the bench. But still, we, we thought we had enough to go to go through and to lose that game the way we did because there was nothing in the game. No. I watched it back and there was literally nothing in the game. It, it were a great spectacle. A few half chances here and there, um, but still, still, you know, not getting not getting pressed into the to the Premier League was one of the biggest disappointments for me, especially especially with the squad that we had at that time. Mm. And when we did, yeah, and when we did uh, obviously fail, then. Obviously, the squad changed. Yeah, I, I got sold. I got moved on, and and other people left. And and it was just a time that I just thought how how it could have been different if we'd have just mm. got over that line. So how how did obviously didn't didn't end as I, I think anyone would have wanted um, at West Ham. How did the move away come around? 
Because had, had Billy already left? No, he was there the season after, uh, wasn't he? He was, still, he was still there, yeah. After that season, then obviously I'd scored 20 plus, 21 plus goals and, and I knew Jad and there was a lot of talk about one of us leaving and the club uh, needing money at the time. And the truth behind it is that Sheffield United, Leeds, Crystal Palace, Norwich, all made huge bids for me. So they was all negotiating with, with the club at the time. Yeah. So it was it was a big decision for me uh, at the time. The, the club uh, didn't offer me a new contract. They were going to keep me on that, and it was a decision for for my family, mm. uh, yeah. from a football point of view and and financially that I had to make. And and the club agreed a fee with with Leeds and Sheffield United and Palace. Uh, so I had the permission to go talk to them. And as soon as they agreed a fee, then I thought, well, they want to cash in. Yeah. And that was yeah. when I had to go. Yeah, I think it was it was just over a million pound, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, you, I think was it Chef Wednesday signed you for around a million as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah Some yeah. pretty pretty decent fees through your career. Yeah, was, did did that ever like play on your mind or? No, no. I was trying to figure out. Someone asked me. I was doing an interview the other day, trying to figure out what's that money worth in today's era. If you scored twenty one <laughs> goals in the championship, probably what's it worth around now? ten million pound. Well, you look at Ollie McBurney, yeah. who's got 12 goals, went to Sheffield United for 15 million. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of money now compared to what it was then. So, yeah. Yeah, well, Mitrovic is another one, I think. Is he on 21 at the minute as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's probably worth, again, 15, 20 million. Yeah, he'll be up there again, won't he? The guy from Hull as well, he's, he's gone. Bowen. Jared, Jared yeah. Bowen, yeah. He scored 10, 10 goals, didn't he? Yeah, something like that, and a decent number of assists. Yeah, so you know, like, put it in perspective, a million quid back then was, yeah, it was big money back then, yeah. but obviously not nowadays. So it never, never bothered you then? No, never, never. Even when I went to Leeds, I remember Ken Bates' um, wife saying, um, I've had to sell a number of things to buy you, Richard, so make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I got injured for over 18 months, so he did. Oh, it was good timing for Preston to sell me. Yeah. So how come? How come Leeds? How come not? Not one of the other two? It was coming back to Yorkshire. Uh, yeah. To, uh, my dad's a Leeds fan, and obviously I, I had a house in York, massive club, as everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and it was it was it was back into Yorkshire. Uh, no brainer then, really. Family, yeah. So it was close between Sheffield United and. And Leeds at the time. So the season after, how was it coming back to Deepdale in the playoffs? After the playoffs? No, in in the playoffs. Oh, with Leeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was. So obviously, yeah. I think was it one all at Ellen Road. Yeah. So I obviously signed for Leeds and then got injured really early on. Uh, so I'd been out all season, missed yeah. all season, and I should never have ever come back. I was not fit. Anyway, the manager more or less twisted my arm to come back and play in the playoffs and I weren't right my knee wasn't right you know I was limping about I went to Deepdale played the last 50 no I mean it came on at Ellen Road uh, where it was 1-1 obviously Billy made a statement which I bet he wish he didn't at the time <laughs> and that was my first game back I played about 10 minutes at the end and I felt terrible my knee felt terrible weren't right then obviously went back to Deepdale and I remember coming on and, and I I think I made one foul and referee goes, right, that's that's five in a row. 
Uh, and I looked at him and I went, I've just come on. Oh, that's five in a row. I was like, <laughs> that's persistent fouling. There's yellow card. So he's given me a yellow card. I was like, what? what? So anyway, he's confused me for big Rob Hulse. He thought it was Hulsey. And Hulsey, um, Hulsey had just gone off. So next minute, ball's come down, rest blue whistle, and just kicked ball five yards away, and red cards come out. And I'm like, you are joking, mate. I've only been sent off once in my career. I've come back for this game, and I'm getting sent off at Deepdale <laughs> on my return. <laughs> you couldn't write this. So I remember walking down towards tunnel, and obviously I'm getting so much stick from all yeah. the offenders. And I'm just thinking, you can't write this. This is incredible. <laughs> Uh, the referee thought it was Rob Hulse, and then and then he sent me off from the second yellow card. I've only been on the pitch five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I trudged off down and obviously uh, watched the game from the from the uh, from the changing rooms. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and missed the final and missed the whole of next year injured as well. Jesus, yeah. not ideal. No, no, no. So hey, you just mentioned that red card as well. I meant meant to ask you about that because wasn't it David Healy that you got sent off for? Yeah, it happens all the time. Coventry <laughs> away, I remember Dave giving the referee some stick and referees turned around and gave me a straight red. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? So me. So I got sent off, but it got rescinded and Dave got it in the end. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so it's not, it's not, you've only got one on your record then. I mean, one on my record. Which, which again, shouldn't have even been yours in the first place. Oh, no. The From The Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNELive. And now, back to the podcast. So how did the move to Stoke come around good. then? Well, I've been injured all season. Yeah, so Preston did sell me at the right time. I only played—I think I played thirty games at Leeds in two and a half years. Jeez, I got—I scored eleven goals. Scored, played thirty games. Um, I was just injured constantly. I had five operations on my right knee. I got fit for the last uh, five games of the season. Leeds were just about down anyway. You remember that season? It was just about down. I thought I need to prove to the, the football world that I'm, I can still play. I'm still fit. So I played the last five games and scored, I think I scored two or three goals and did really well. Yeah. But I proved my fitness to the managers, the clubs out there. And, and in pre-season, the following season, obviously Leeds got relegated and they needed to get me off the, uh, the books financially and had a few opportunities again and, and Stoke was the one that, that stood out for me because of the manager and, and what they were spending in the squad to put a squad together to write the right push to it. So I went there, yeah. First season, got most years in the, in the Premier League, yeah. Were you, were you at Stoke with, um, with Parkin, with John Parkin? I was there with Ricardo. Was it, were you not there with John as well, John Parkin? Uh, big Parkin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was, he, he travelled in with me. I, I drove him in for two years 
and I cannot tell you any stories about John Parkin on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a guy, what a guy. There was so many mornings where we used to meet just outside Barnsley that it was his turn to drive in and I just looked at him and went, no way are you driving me in today. <laughs> so I probably ended up spending about 90% of the petrol costs and then 10% over a two-year period because I just couldn't trust him to drive in. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it, <laughs> is it? Uh, no, he's a character. Yeah, he's, he's a good lad. Has he not tried to get you on under the car? Yeah, he's tried a couple of times, yeah, but I haven't fit it in yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, went on loan to Sheffield United after that and then moved permanently. Was that, yeah. again, was that just the time's right to move on and new challenge? Yeah, yeah. after two and a half, three, three years at, at Stoke, promotion, playing a lot of games, Premier League, a lot of games. Uh, the last season was on the bench squad. I got offered a new three-year contract at 32 at Stoke to stay, be a squad player. And then people who know me are not no, I'm not like that. So I took a, I took a sixty percent pay cut to leave Stoke and go to Sheffield United yeah. only because I wanted to play more games. I was thirty two at the time, thirty two going thirty-three. Um went on loan, uh, then signed permanently and then was top goal scorer and player of the year in the championship at thirty three. Top goal scorer at Sheffield United, not in, in the whole championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheffield United just missed out on the playoffs. And I remember looking back saying, that is why I, I need to carry on playing as long as I can because if I'd have stayed at Stoke, yeah, I'd have been fan- financially a lot better off. And yeah. uh, I've had a three year contract and I've been sat on my backside coming on for five minutes or maybe um, playing in the resis. And, but I'd, I'd have been, yeah, very well off. Or going and playing in front of 30,000 people at Bramall Lane. when I'm playing regular. Yeah, and I, play, I played there so I was 36, you know. And scored a lot of goals, played a lot of games. So then then returned to York? Yeah, returned to York. Uh, I was player coach at Sheffield United at the time, 36 years old. Got a call from the chairman at York saying, will you do us a favour, will you come and help us try and stay in the league, uh, League 2? And I weren't really playing much at Sheffield United then. Like I said, I was under-23s coach. I was player on the bench every now and then. Yeah, and I thought, do you know what? This club gave me the opportunity to to get in the league. Why don't I go try and blooming help and stay, um, stay in the league themselves? So I went on loan, and luckily for me, it was not just about um, my performances on the pitch. It was more about being a mentor for all the young players that were in yeah. that squad at the time and trying to galvanise them all together and make an impact on the people in and around the changing room. And I loved every minute of it. And went there, scored a couple of goals. We managed to stay in the league, kept in the league, and I loved it. And for me, that's when I should have just gone back to Sheffield United and carried on my coaching. But because I'm, I was 30, going on 37 then, and I was thinking, God, I've got another year left in me. So I, I, I gave up all my coaching responsibilities at, at Sheffield United and, and signed a year's contract at, at, at York. And it was just a step too far for me then. My knee yeah. worked out great, and I retired around Christmas, yeah. Easy, easy decision or hard decision or uh, hardest decision ever ever it was it was so hard I was traveling around you know I was it was league two at the time uh, the team weren't doing that great I, I was I've got a young family I was my knee weren't great and I was like to my wife I think this is it I think this, we're coming to the time so we made the decision and 
and it was the hardest decision to make, you know, because I've been involved with it since I was a kid, yeah. uh, over the professional game all that time, and and to let it all go, and you know, then players that are fortunate like me to get to that age, it's still as hard at that age as it is if you're if you're younger, you know. And yeah, like I'll go around Christmas time. I remember making the decision, um, and then trying to come to terms with it was the hardest thing for me over the next oh. six to twelve months. Yeah, really tough. A lot of people don't struggle, but I did. I really struggled for six months, uh, not having that routine, not having yeah. that camaraderie with players, not having that direction. But the thing that helped me out is that I I, I got a, a lot of interests outside of football. And that started back in 2007. Uh, so that, that kept my mind busy as much as it could uh, while I was going through the, the grieving process of, yeah. of letting it all go, which definitely helped me. Uh, and that's what I'm doing now. I've got a sports brand agency, all to do with branding and, and culture and design and narrative-driven design. So, yeah, I've got a couple of design agencies, which is going really well a new kind of kick and a sports brand agency and, and also i'm involved i'm involved with uh, a large agency in recruitment so I'm, I'm pretty busy you know i've been down the route and i might i'm, I'm not saying i'm not going to get back into it but i've i've been a first team coach i've been an under 23s coach i've been a head of academy coaching at, at leeds uh been a caretaker manager i've been a technical director of an international academy so i've done a lot and i'm do you know what? I'm 42 years old, so I'm never going to say I'm not going to get back into the game because that'd be stupid. I still study it. I still read a lot about it. I still have that drive inside me to to be part of it at some time. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm doing at the moment is is uh, is really good and and it's great for my family at the moment. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Very interesting. Did, yeah, was, yeah. You, you said you were. Was it 2007? You said it started like the the interest outside of football. Was that something that you that you tried to make sure that you had something lined up for when the time came? Yeah, definitely. I'm quite a, a forward thinking person, both in preparation and organisation. I start I start I started being involved in the in branding and and that in 2007 set up our own our own business back then. And yeah. and shortly after that, I started on my journey. Uh, in coaching as well, so I started at grassroots. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot a lot of ex-professional footballers or professional footballers think, do you know what? I'm 35. I've finished now. I'll walk straight into coaching. It'll be it'll be a doddle. Well, I never thought like that when I was yeah 20 28 27 28. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do exactly what I did when I was a player. I'm going to start from the bottom. Uh, so I went. Coaching six-year-olds when I was 28 and still playing in the Premier League. They're fun though, aren't they? When they're that age. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I was a decent coach till they got older, man. And I remember coming off the training ground thinking, "Oh my God, I know absolutely nothing about coaching kids." So from that day, I went on the journey for the next 10 years. Um, coach, 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 out there on the grass, learning about people, about kids, about how to motivate them, what not to do, what to do. And I learned from mistakes, you know, 100%. And any young coach out there who I uh, mentor or or help out, I always, always tell them it's about hours out there to watch and learn and practice and fail and watch and learn and practice and fail. I always say that. And that's that's what I did. 
uh, and I went on my coaching journey, did my UEFA badges, got my pro license, but I would never have been the coach I am now if I started when I was 37 instead yeah. of starting at, at 27. Yeah, I had that 10 years head start on quite a lot of people. Yeah, I've, I've got my, my FA level one. I've been coaching about 10 years now, just grassroots level, yeah. like local to me, and I love it. It's brilliant. So just, just a couple more things then. If you could go back and give yourself some advice while you were at North End, if anything, what would it be? Do you know what? I wouldn't change a thing at North End while I was there. Do you know, a couple of other clubs, I'd, I'd probably made a decision to leave a little bit, a little bit early or, or the way I played. The only thing I'd probably say was the season. The season I only scored three goals out of the other, out of four was I used to beat myself up after every game if I hadn't scored. I mean, I assisted, I think, more than anybody that season. Yeah. Uh, but I, I used to beat myself up continuously, and it was all about the goals. Um, because I was young, I was, like, scoring goals previous two seasons. I used to I used to literally go in a state of depression for the whole weekend until the next game. So if there was one thing I could change, is like, not to beat myself up about them moments, because yeah. I come to every player... You come to every player whoever's played the game, unless you're Messi or Ronaldo, and you've just, as a young player, you've just got to ride it out and, and and still believe in what what you are and not what other people say you are. Have you got any any stories or any memories that stick with you from your time at North End, other than that tunnel at West Ham? Off the top of off the top of my head, I remember Griggs getting sent off the training ground uh, when I first got there. So it was a big it was a big. Um, <laughs> Big argument between Moisey and, and Greeks, and uh, Moisey sent him off the training ground. But this was not the training ground where we, where we normally was. We was up at the um, the other side of Preston. Oh, you got Yeah, yeah, we was, we was up there. So Greeks is walking off and go, <laughs> where am I supposed to go? He said, you can effing run home. So I remember, and he, he pulls us all in after he goes, if anybody picks him up, on the way back, you're all getting fined two weeks' wages. Greg's <laughs> so, had to walk back from the other side of Preston in his boots with his strut. You know, he has that big walk, yeah. that big swagger. Yeah. And all that yeah. driving past in the car, beeping the road. <laughs> He's got this big long hair walking all the way back, all the way across Preston after being sent in for having an argument with Moisey. That was a classic. That was a really good story. You just don't say anything like that these days, do you? Uh, that was brilliant. I've been told that your lad Charlie is is a is a half decent player, uh, and I've been asked to ask you how far you think he could go in the game. You might you're probably best asking his coach, not his dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charlie's um, Charlie's doing all right. You know, he's he signed a three and a half year contract at Leeds. He's been there since he was nine years old, ten years old. Um, he's come through the academy, really good academy. Obviously, everybody knows about it. Yeah. Um, he's a big centre half. Uh, he uses both feet. Very, very good in the air. And one thing that we don't see that often in in youth players is that he's a leader. Yeah. You know, uh, vocally the way he plays, the way he wants to win. But the biggest thing is a leader of people, and it's going out of fashion with mm. the youth. So it's a, a little bit of a throwback. Uh, so he's got an opportunity, but that's all I'll say. You know, I've I've said to him, and he knows that. It's a tough, tough game. And I think only 0.012% of players actually make it through. 
and he knows that he's got his head screwed on. I'm proud of him um, with what he's done so far. Just as proud that he's just got uh, his BTEC through because he's, he's only a second year scholar and he's got triple distinction. Yeah. So he's worked hard both on and off the pitch, yeah. which I'm just bits with. But let's see, who knows? Um, see how things pan out. Yeah, you never know. He's got an opportunity. That's all yeah. I say. Um, right, five questions, short answers, and then we're done. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Uh, if you could put a five-a-side team together from people that you've played with, what would it be? You can include yourself or not. It's, enti- it's entirely up to you I, if you want to. Uh, Pavel Cernicek, you remember him? Bless him, he's, he's not with us now. He was Czech Republic goalkeeper. Yeah. Played with uh, Chef Wednesday. He was an unbelievable shot stopper. Frank Lampard. England under-21s. Jonathan Greening, played with him at York, and I still can't get rid of him now. He was best man at my wedding. And still see, see his shirt behind you as well. Should I pick one of them two on, on the wall? Kenna and Greza, uh, both unbelievable players. Unbelievable players. Underrated, Preston off and players, both of them. So I'd, I'd have them two on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell them that as well. They're both going on the bench. So I've, got, <laughs> I've, got, I've got I've got Pavel Cernicek, Frank Lampard, Jonathan Greening, Roberto Mancini played with him at Leicester. Yeah. And who else would I play? I'd go with Dave Nugent because I enjoy him much. Yeah. Cool. Um, scoring or assisting? Who him? No, you. What 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 what's your favorite? Uh, what 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 do you favorite? Favorite? Uh, Scoring. Scoring. Favourite boots from your career? Nike Tiempos, originals. And if you could change one thing about football, for the better or for the worse, for a comedy factor or for a serious factor, what would it be? Get rid of VAR, please. You're not a fan? Doing my head in. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. It It takes away from, from... from the buzz of the game, doesn't it? Just the emotion when you yeah. score. Let the players score and let the fans celebrate. Don't wait for a computer to decide whether it should be a goal or not. It's ruining the game. It is literally ruining the game. I hate it. Yeah, so, I think, yeah, I think the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, applies where VAR is concerned. It's horrendous. It's yeah. horrendous. It's ruined it for me. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got anything else you want to say, then I think we can call that a podcast. No, no, no. just um, I've been to a couple of games this season. It's been great going back. And yeah, I just want to wish the club all the best for the future. It's a fantastic club. had a massive part to play in, in not just my life, but my family. Charlie, uh, my two oldest boys, were eldest boys were born in Preston. So they've got Lancashire passports. <laughs> <laughs> So they keep reminding me. So no, it's it's a brilliant time of my life. I loved every minute and, and good luck to everybody involved in the club. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.